Think about where you were one year ago today. What were you planning for? Whether or not you planned for a new challenge, you got it. And most importantly, you succeeded. Cooking at home, learning at home, and banking at home. At Whitefish Credit Union, we understand you've been through a lot. And as you move through the year, just know we'll be right there at your side. This year, next year, and always. Whitefish Credit Union. Subject to membership eligibility. We're breaking down the latest with the FCS spring football season and joining us to do that on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, good friend of the show, Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports and Bet MGM. Brian, it's great to chat with you, my man. Hope you were doing well. Doing great, Anthony. Thanks for uh, having me on and uh, looking forward to talking about the best level of college football that exists in the universe, man. It's a fun and a very exciting aspect to having spring football, and we're going to get into some thoughts here as the spring football season continues here. But first off, Brian, let's just start here. Uh, We've been a couple of weeks into this thing. What has been the biggest thing that stands out to you so far with spring football in the FCS? Well, I mean, you know, the the funny thing about it is I feel like I've broken records sometimes on this because by about two, three weeks into every season, I feel like the word parity is you know the key word um that we've had a lot of surprises and but that second week in in particular was you know obviously starting with the north dakota state loss to southern illinois was really a head scratcher to be on i was gonna say you know uh surprising but it really doesn't even compute to me and, you know, the, of course, the NDSU faithful are all worried about their quarterback issues. And, um, you know, that 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 may be a big part of it. You know, they've gone from, what, three straight guys who are uh, picked in the NFL draft with Carson Wentz, Easton Stick, and now Trey Lance to question marks, you know. and uh, But, you know, at the same time, by the way, Southern Illinois is a team that, we, Sam and I, felt was a team to keep an eye on. So there, that wasn't a total surprise that they played a great game. Mm-hmm. Southern Illinois has a great team. I just could not believe that they pummeled North Dakota State. And it really started with that. I mean, there were a lot of other uh, really amazing results. Um, but, yeah, I guess parody's the word. And, of course, the big question after three weeks, uh, who in the heck is going to win this? You know, so. That would be probably what jumps out first. I don't want to say there needs to be an asterisk next to the season uh, here, Brian, but I am kind of curious because you do bring up uh, North Dakota State here. But if this was during the fall, do you think North Dakota State gets that beat down? Is this more just because of the odd timing when we're playing games? Or do you feel like this may have happened in the fall as well? Man, that's a great question. Um I mean, there's just so many weird factors. You know, uh, we had, what, nearly 20 teams play games last fall. So some teams got work in last year, and, and they're getting work in again this spring. Now, you would look at that and think that would be an advantage, possibly. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I You know, I, I think I can tell you when we were trying to rank this, especially at, before the season started, there were so many dynamics to consider, like guys who graduated and decided they weren't going to come back, who were supposed to play in the fall, um, guys who transferred with the open transfer situation, uh, guys who uh, even 
did, you know, we did have a handful that decided, yeah, I could play another season and not even lose any eligibility, but you know, I'm projected to be in the NFL draft. So we saw, we had some of that, um, you know, that's, that's been the crazy thing. And yeah, it's just, could that have happened in the fall? I'm not quite, I don't think like this spring season is gone. I, it's just, uh, it's been nutty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we obviously know a lot of teams opted just not to even try it. Uh, you know, two of which in your home state, uh, and you know, it's hard, hard to blame them. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's been it's been weird. Asterisk. That's a good question. If if that's you know maybe maybe the NCAA doesn't actually use an asterisk for the season, but I think in the minds of fans, there may be an asterisk on this because Anthony, think about this, man. With NDSU losing, if they lose again, and they have to play North Dakota, who's playing really well, and I know we'll talk about it here in a second. If they lose again with the way this playoff format is structured, there is at least a chance that they don't even get into the playoffs because of the way it's structured, because it's a truncated version. And yet the Patriot League champ or the NEC champ or whatever get in. How weird would that be? That would definitely, because you know an NDSU team that, okay, maybe they finished 6-2 and two in this abbreviated year. You know an NDSU team is still going to beat just about everybody in the country, and but because there's that, not that many at-large bursts, I mean they may not even get in. So they're, they're, yeah, that there are some definite oddities about this uh, this spring season. Well, going along with that is the fact that North Dakota right now looks like a contender with their three wins over ranked teams. So let me get your thoughts on them, Brian. Do you think North Dakota, the other team, not North Dakota State, but North Dakota, do you yeah. think they are a contender for the national title? I They have to be. I mean, just based on the results. I mean, if you believe in, uh, uh, what do they call it? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a horrible math flunky uh but I think it's called the transitive property, maybe. Where, <laughs> yeah, if, I get you. North Dakota, you know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm using the wrong word. It's been a lot of years. But you know, North Dakota hammered Southern Illinois. The next weekend, Southern Illinois hammered North Dakota State, and then North Dakota also pretty much handily beat South Dakota State, which is definitely one of the best four programs of the last five to ten years. And they're good. They're good again this year, South Dakota State. Yeah, if I mean North Dakota's got Western Illinois this weekend. They've got their big matchup with North Dakota State uh, on March twentieth. But honestly, if they beat North Dakota State, there's really not any other team on their schedule that you would think on paper should beat North Dakota based on the results we've seen. So yeah, the big the big matchup is going to be North Dakota and North Dakota State. A game that in the past was, gosh, I mean, when it was played, you just always went, ah, it'll be 35 nothing, you know. Um, but they, you know, Western Illinois uh, is has been down for years. Youngstown State, I don't think, has scored a point yet this year. I mean, they, they are really struggling on offense, I think. Uh, and, you know, Missouri State, North Dakota State just went down there and hammered them. And Illinois State doesn't seem to be as good as we thought. Those are the teams that are left on North Dakota's schedule. So even though it's Missouri Valley, 
in a lot of ways, they've already, you know, if they get past North Dakota State, they will have already pretty much handled all the monsters that were on their schedule and should cruise to 8-0. Think about that. You know, so yeah, I think you have to look at them as a threat, especially if something like North Dakota State getting eliminated happens. Um, that That's the thing that's really interesting about this year is because there aren't that many at-large bursts, the chances of those playoff rematches where somebody could get revenge on North Dakota are going to be smaller. And uh, so, yeah, I would definitely say they've got a chance to do something special. Brian, quickly looking out to the East and looking at the CAA, how open is this league right now? I know James Madison's still the top dog, but uh, as you mentioned earlier, parity. Could we see some parity within that league? Yeah, I, I do think so. Um, yeah, James Madison's out to a 3-0 start, but even JMU fans will tell you, uh, you know, there's been some shaky shakiness to it. You know, they had to rally to beat. Elon, which is a good program. Elon's a good, solid program. Usually makes the playoffs. Uh, they James Madison kind of struggled early against Robert Morris, which is a team that is moving from the NEC to the Big South and is improving for sure, but you would think should not be anywhere near as good as JMU. Uh, and, of course, JMU handled a, a pioneer team, Moorhead State, in the opener. Uh, with, you know, Pioneer League doesn't have scholarships. So, you know, uh-huh. so those three games have happened. They've got four left. Um, there's been a lot of screaming in the same way that NDSU fans have been screaming about uh, Zeb Nolan, that quarterback, the Iowa State transfer. Uh, JMU's been kind of, their fan base has kind of been scratching their heads too with uh, Cole Johnson and Gage Maloney at quarterback. They feel like, you know, Think about it. Last year, their quarterback got drafted, Ben Benucci. You know, um, NDSU's quarterback, Trey Lance, is going to get drafted. You know, both those programs were in really good shape the last time they played a full schedule. There's a lot of question marks this year. So, JMU is 3-0. and You know, on paper, they are definitely looking like the best team. But when you consider that there are uh, – th- this year, there's two groups, Group A and Group B, based on – um, geography and you, Albany is a team that you will not want to ignore. New Hampshire looks tough. Delaware has only played once, but they look pretty good. They hammered Maine, and uh, Villanova is still one of those schools that I, I think, even with all those key transfers, is just a really, really good program. So yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. But uh, you know, the one thing is, CAA is so big. They won't all get to play each other, so we don't know if we're going to see that parity head-to-head in the regular season. It might be in the postseason, you know. But, yeah, CAA is definitely going to be a, a real a real fight from here on. Really quick here, Brian, as we're with Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports, which league looks like it is the most wide open? Oh, gosh, the same one we say every single time. Uh, Southern <laughs> League. <laughs> Other conference, SoCon. Uh, we joke about the SoCon every year. Uh, what, what's really interesting is the team that's at the top of the standings right now is VMI, Virginia Military Institute. Okay, they haven't been this good 
and when I say this good, I mean this combined with what they did in 2019. They haven't been this strong, I'd argue, in 35 years, like the early 80s-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a couple 500 seasons somewhere in the, in the in between, but they don't have winning records very often. And when they beat Furman the other day, that's a signature win. Well, what's so profound about that is VMI was always the team you wanted at homecoming in the SoCon. They were the only team that you knew you were going to beat. Everybody else in the SoCon could beat anybody else, especially at home, on any given day. That's the way it's been for months. I mean, uh, for the last couple of years, not months. Uh, and here we got VMI at the top of the SoCon standings after three weeks. And, you know, the, the usual suspects that we would talk about would be Furman, Wofford, you know, whatever. And they're doing fine, but they're not at the top. And that tells me that the next couple of weeks are gonna, they're going to chop each other up. And that's not really good for the SoCon. They need, they need some elite teams, and they always manage to chop each other up. And the conference t- champ has two losses, and they don't, you know, maybe they get one at large. Maybe, maybe they flirt with getting none. Well, this year, if they keep chopping each other up like this, they're flirting with disaster on how many teams get out of the SoCon. And it's it's not because these teams are terrible. It's just they, they're, they're all pretty good, man. They all always remind me of a team that looks like they might go seven and four, you know? Mm-hmm. Not 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 nine and two necessarily, but seven and four, you know, uh, and that's kind of how SoCon looks. My feature guest is Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports and BetMGM. You can check out all his work and great work that is on Twitter at Brian Mac Ryder. Brian, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight as well, my friend. Looking forward to chatting with you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. Love love coming on. You know that.